I would say that I was someone who felt like I was purposeful. But when I uh, was encouraged to do this exercise of really identifying my purpose, it helped me to sort the sand a little bit. So another way to think about purpose is legacy. Like, you know, at the end of your life or when you leave this earth, what are you leaving behind? Like, how do you want people to say that you lived? And so defining your purpose, I have clients do it in three words, three action words. So what are you about? And when you think of all the verbs out there, it's really kind of fun to distill that down to three that shape how you want to be every day. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Overwhelm. Have you experienced it? I say that jokingly, sadly, as overwhelm is a familiar feeling for most women. I was curious about the full definition of overwhelm as it's a word I've learned throughout life, but have never really looked up. So. I did. According to dictionary.com, overwhelm is to bury or drown beneath a huge mass, to defeat completely, and to give too much of a thing to someone or in a date. I'm even overwhelmed by the definitions of overwhelm. But after thinking about it, I believe we give too much power to the word because we can dig ourselves out of the dirt. We can go into battle with armor and win. And we can say no to giving too much of ourselves. Trisha Diggy, certified high performance coach and founder of Mom Mastermind, believes that we can dig ourselves out by becoming crystal clear on our purpose, priorities, and plan of action. You can beat overwhelm and stop it in its tracks through simple methods and ways to manage your mindset and calendar. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some note-taking as Trisha and I chat about getting past the overwhelm of everything on your plate, establishing your priorities, and even creating room to slot in some self-care. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast, Trisha. It's so great to see you behind the mic. Thanks. It's so good to be here. I'm so delighted to join you for this and um, share some things with your audience that I hope will be helpful. So thanks for the invitation, Erica. Yeah, thank you for being on. Actually, the two of us had the luxury of getting together to actually plan this episode, which doesn't happen often with my guests. Usually they're across the country. So I'm excited to really dive into our conversation today about really getting past the overwhelm of everything on your plate, establishing priorities, and then really creating room to say yes or no if necessary. But before we get started, if you could provide some background of who you are and then your business, Mom Mastermind, that would be great. 
So I'm the mom of two young daughters. So they are now 11 and 12. And I started Mom Mastermind a couple years ago. I spent most of my career in healthcare as an administrator and most recently as the chief financial officer for a large health system here in Minnesota. And um, I had a career that I loved, um, learned how to juggle work and family and other priorities over over time. And then I just started to have this itch about wanting to do something different that led me to start Mom Mastermind with a focus really on women um, who are working and also um, want to show up really exceptionally for their families. And I think there's a lot of talk in the in the media and the press about this right now without a lot of fantastic solutions. And so my career was one that I really was a wonderful journey and led me to start my own business really to support other mothers. And it's a beautiful organization, so I'm excited to just get more into it and what you do for your clients and the people that you serve. So we're going to talk about priorities, but I think first that we need to address really is, you know, we live in a busy, busy world and there's so much opportunity and there's a lot of responsibility, especially on mothers. And the word that often comes to mind and is said is overwhelm or I'm overwhelmed. And that's how we describe how we feel. What do you believe is really causing that overwhelm? So I think there are a couple things that drive that. I think as a society, we just have access to so much abundance. And whether that's sports or activities or spending or media or the internet, like there's just so much out there that's available to us. I was telling my kids the other day, we were going to watch Top Gun Maverick. And they asked me when the original Top Gun came out, did I go to see that in a theater? And I was explaining to them that, yes, I did, because we didn't watch things on Netflix or the TV or cable back then. You, you really consumed things that came into your sphere, like into your community, a movie, quote unquote, came to a movie theater. And so I think our worlds were much smaller. And now there's just so much information and so many things to do that I think that that creates some societal pressures to consume and do and spend and and all the things. I will say social media, I think is part of it. You know, the the stat that 80% of people are less happy with themselves or their life after being on social media, that fear of missing out or comparison or whatever that is. Um, so so caution around social media time and what we're consuming. But I think a lot of us, we put it on ourselves. And I think if we miss that one, we miss kind of the accountability and ownership of you know, wanting to be perfect, wanting to do all the things, fear of missing out, just not wanting to make a mistake or, or do something wrong or, or miss something. So I think all of those things together really create that feeling of, overwhelm and not knowing in the moment, even if you're clear on, on what your your purpose or mission is, then, you know, a day goes, a day goes south and something doesn't go right. It's like, how do you get that back on track and avoid the overwhelm and 
even though I, I say all those things, it happens to me too. You know, every now and then there's a day where I've just, you know, jam packed the to-do list. And then I look at it and think, oh my goodness, you know, I've done that to myself. These things don't have to be done today, or we don't have to do all these things today. So I think we can all fall into that on occasion. Absolutely. And I think it's just having the tools to recognize, to be able to go back and recenter yourself a little bit. And that's what we're going to talk about, like how to, you know, recognize, you know, what your priorities are and deal with that overwhelm. And I will say, Trisha, you nailed it for me because as you were talking, I was like, yep, like I was checking off the list. Yep. That happens to me, the social media. (laughs) Yes. You know, these are all the things that create overwhelm for me. So this is going to benefit me during our conversation. Excellent. Excellent. When we got together, you had mentioned the three P's, and I found that very, very interesting. So what are the three P's, and how can we apply them to our life? So the three P's is just a simple framework that I use in my coaching practice, and the actual three P's are purpose, priorities, and plans. So defining your purpose. So I I would say that I was someone who felt like I was purposeful. But when I uh, was encouraged to do this exercise of really identifying my purpose, it helped me to sort the sand a little bit. So another way to think about purpose is legacy. Like, you know, at the end of your life, or when you leave this earth, what are you leaving behind? Like, how do you want people to say that you lived? And so defining your purpose, I have clients do it in three words, three action words. So What are you about? And when you think of all the verbs out there, it's really kind of fun to distill that down to three that shape how you want to be every day. And then priorities is knowing your priorities and being really clear about how many of them there are, how they're ordered, which ones are most important to you, which ones can fall to the bottom of the list. And that's a super interesting exercise. And then plans is then how do you take your purpose and your priorities and craft plans for the day, the week, the longer term that really align how you're spending your time with the things that you've identified that matter the most to you? We're going to focus today mostly on priorities, but one thing that I found when working with my clients is that we do the core values and we focus on our core values and we kind of we narrow those down to their top 5 and what I've found with them and even myself is it's a struggle to really nail down those words I think as as women we wear so many different hats and we there is so much to us the lord has created us so intricately with so many different facets what would you say to women who find it hard to narrow down into those three for that purpose? What's a way that they can really do that with ease and not feel so much anxiety about that? I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about abundance. We can be so many things and you're right. God created us um, each uniquely with all of these skills and talents. So I think it's really about figuring out like which ones kind of light your spark. When you say, I am these three things, or I want to be these three things. And whether you put those on your phone or a post-it note or write them on your mirror in your bathroom, where you look at them every day, whatever you do with that information, they should kind of light you up. Like, 
oh, I, I really want to be those things. And you can be many things, but which ones light that spark inside of you that you want to share with the world? That's the way I would coach somebody to think about that narrowing. Yeah, the spark. What lights you up? The way I like to think about it as well is there, you know, we say all the time to have like three priorities for the day. So what are your three main priorities for today? But that doesn't mean that you're not emailing people back or you're, you know, not tending to other things, but those are your top three. And so that's the viewpoint, as you were saying that, that have your main three, but that doesn't mean that you have to be just those. Those are just your core focus. Right. Absolutely. Right. So we are going to focus on priorities today because I think that that's just so tough with a million things coming to us left and right, especially as moms. How can you manage your priorities in a way that really respects your season of life? Because we all have different seasons, whether it's, you know, a seasons change, you have a different season, but as like the actual physical, like winter, spring, summer, fall, but then, you know, I'm with little kids right now. And one day they're not going to be so little. So like your priorities will change within that. So how, how do you manage your priorities in a way that respects your current season of life? And then what actual exercises can you do to help you focus and find out what those priorities are? Well, the most important thing I think you just hit on, Erica, and that that is that this is for a season. If we think about these priorities as super long-term, I think then the exercise becomes really hard to do. So I have clients just start where you are, whatever life or physical calendar season you're in, let's just start somewhere. The actual exercise that I have clients do is take a piece of paper and jot down all of your roles. So, you know, for me, that looks like I am a, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I am the home administrator, I do all this scheduling and tasks, you know, keep the house moving, I get a lot of help with that, but organizing that is my priority running the kids around is a, as a thing, being a volunteer and a worshiper in my church community. Those are all things that go on my list. So I ask people to come up with 10. And so, you know, if you've got projects to do around the house and cleaning the house and all those things, like just lump those together. And then I think you got to find a way to limit it to the top 10. We could all list many, many, many things that we do, but come up with the 10 buckets of things that you do most. So that's on the left-hand side of the page. And then on the right, this is really where the rubber hits the road, on the right-hand side of the page, order those from 1 to 10. And that is where I find people have so much tension around how to do that. And it's a great practice doesn't really matter what the end result is. It's the exercise of putting the thought into it. So some of the things that I see folks struggle with are, where do I go on the list versus my children? Am I at the top of my list? Am I in the middle? Am I at the bottom of the list? Where does my marriage go? You know, being a a wife or a partner, where does that go 
where does my faith go? Is that number one? Is that lower? And I think that changes depending on the season. I've had times where for me, faith was in the number one seat. And then, you know, when you're raising humans that don't survive without you, sometimes that looks different. And so I always tell people there is no right or wrong. This is your list. You prioritize for your season in a way that really works best for you. But this exercise of figuring out where do things go and then what I think is really interesting is for most mothers, the things that consume most of our time and some of our angst, you know, keeping the house clean, getting all the things done, scheduling the carpools, all those things, those are never, ever at the top of the list. And so it's this putting pen to paper to see what really matters and how do you then craft your days to make sure you're spending more time on the things that really, really matter to you. And when you see it on paper, it just is kind of this, you know, the light bulb goes on. Oh, look where I spend a lot of my days. It's these things at the lower part of the list. And a lot of our angst and and overwhelm comes from those things at the bottom of the list because the things at the top of the list are marriages, our relationship with God, our children, those are the things that really bring us joy. And how do you then make sure you're being really intentional with your time to spend more things um, on those gifts you've been given instead of the kind of the to-do list and task list? I love that exercise. And we had talked before that I have an exercise in the Stress to Joy program that goes really beautifully along with it. They're not competing. It's like they work together really, really well. So that's why I loved that, that conversation. The question that I often get is, so I've written it down, I have this, how do I actually act on it? So how do I actually implement the ways, because we still have to do carpools, we still have to schedule things, you know, (laughs) picture day comes up and we have to get the (laughs) outfits ready for picture day, you know, you have all these things that you actually have to physically do and spend your energy on. How do you make sure that you're actually focusing on those top priorities rather than you know, those little to-do list things that we do have to do and can't always, you know, I don't want my kids to go, they could go to school in their pajamas for picture day. That would be totally (laughs) fine and nothing would, (laughs) it'd be fine. We just have a hilarious picture for that year, but you know, I would like them to look good. So how do you manage that? So I think then the first, so we talked about the first step is identifying your purpose. Second is then aligning these priorities or ordering the priorities. And then the third is taking out your weekly plans and mapping those on. And the first question I always get is, Patricia, I have to work from eight to five or I leave home at seven and I get back at six. Okay, well, that's what you do. Put that on the list. That's fine. Let's be very realistic. But then For each time block during the day and on the weekends, figuring out where does that stuff go? You know, for me, one of the things that always plagued me was when's the laundry and the grocery shopping getting done? And when I had a place for that on the plan, like it's getting done on Friday at five o'clock, it just eases all that tension of when's this going to happen? And then you can put in blocks for when is your family time? For me, family's time starts at six o'clock and from six to eight, I don't schedule anything else unless it's an activity we're doing together or the kids have something that must be scheduled in that time. So I'm really intentional that the devices are off, the work is done, the laptop's put away. I'm not doing any of the other things during my block that says family time on it. And I think what you get is some clarity around 
how to schedule those things, then you also see what's got to go. Inevitably, the list of things that go along with those priorities running kids around, you know, may turn into, I need carpool or I need grandma and grandpa to help if they're available. Maybe I need some help with some of the the yard work or the housework or need to outsource something in my business. It's not really necessarily about jamming it on onto the schedule. It's making sure that all of your time is aligned with what your purpose and priorities are and finding the things that they just can't fit. And that's really, I think, where people struggle a lot, clients struggle a lot is, but I can't make all this stuff fit. Yes. And that is where your overwhelm is coming from. So let's come up with some ideas for where does that stuff that's lower on the list, how does that get done? As you said, kids got to get dressed for picture day. How do those smaller things happen with a little less angst and overwhelm? The scheduling of it, that's super helpful because it gives me permission to be like, okay, you don't have to think about that right now. Take it off the list of your mind and it's right there because in my stage of life, I forget things very easily. So (laughs) if they're not written down on my calendar, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard that. So time blocking is super helpful to allow myself to just kind of let it go for that moment, but know, hey, it's okay. You're going to get this done. Mm-hmm. Guard that time very, very well. Yes. I hear that as well is things get put in that time frame. And that's, again, going back to your priorities, recognizing that if you don't honor that time block, it's going to start getting into those other areas where you really want to focus on those main priorities. Absolutely. A lot of what we're talking about is mindset. For me, a lot of times with this, my mind kind of goes all over the place. And so what are some mindset mistakes that we make when we're managing our priorities? And then how can you manage those different mindsets that you have and correct them to be beneficial for you? So I'll give you three examples that I think apply to most women and mothers and I've learned these you know, from my own experience and from working with my clients. These are the ones that I think rise to the top as most problematic and most common. So the first one, the first one is telling yourself that you're busy. And so granted, we do have a lot of things to do, but that telling ourselves that we're busy that's really not a thought that serves us. So let me tell you how I learned about this. I was working with a coach and I'd gone to a weekend retreat and it'd been fabulous. I learned all this stuff. And Sunday morning, she was speaking. And I just remember this example really clearly. She said this, she was, she was live coaching someone. And she said to this woman, you know, you got to stop telling yourself you're so busy. And she looked at the whole group and said, all of you like that, that doesn't help you. And it was kind of a mic drop moment. Like I remember sitting there at my table and there were probably a couple hundred women in the room and thinking to myself, well, I am busy. I'm probably the busiest person in this room. You know, I'm an executive and I've got two kids and my husband's a pilot and he travels and I do all this volunteer stuff and just really reaffirming in my brain that I was very, very busy. And I was super resistant to this idea that telling myself I was busy didn't help me because I felt like it was really true. 
But I got on the plane to come back and just really had been wrestling with this thought all day. And what I decided was, what if I just try that? What if I stop telling myself I'm so busy and instead through some thought work, you know, leveled up eventually to telling myself I have time for my purpose and priorities. And that's not where I started, but over time I got to that thought. And to this day, when I do start to feel overwhelmed, there was an example a couple weeks ago on a Saturday, had my coffee and just overwhelmed with all the things that I thought needed to get done for the day. And when I really sat and thought about how are these things supposed to happen? What's most important? How do I get myself out of this? And reminding myself that I had time for my purpose and priorities, kind of wound down my energy and got moving on something, just get getting in motion. So I think that's the first one. It's just not a thought that serves you. So find a different way to think about the many things that you'd like to achieve in the day or or the season. And the second one goes a little bit to your first question. I think this idea of perfectionism. And I think we can all think of somebody who says, and they always say it like kind of with a giggle, like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I think most of us would put ourselves in that category in some life arena, really working through how much is enough? How much energy do I want to put into this task, this to-do, this project, this committee, whatever it is, how much energy do I have and where do I want to spend that? I do find that perfectionism, it really keeps us from experiencing full joy because we're so focused on the outcome and the perfection that we forget to celebrate kind of the joyful wins along the way, whether it's perfect or not. And the last one, I probably should do the last one first, because I do think it's the most important. Other people's opinions are really none of your business. You know, you've just got to find your own heart, your own voice, your own passion, your own gifts that God has given you and live into those and learn to care less about what other people say, think, care about those. And when we let that fall away, and the thought I use when I find myself in that trap is, I'm just going to swim in my own lane. I was a swimmer as a kid up through high school. And I just think like I'm swimming in my lane and I'm not worried about how that one's person's paddling over there or whether I'm faster or slower than the person in the lane next to me. I'm just going to stay in my own lane and be focused on my values, my priorities, you know, my purpose and what's best for my family. And it really takes a lot of angst out of the everyday. As you were talking, I was feeling my anxiety kind of lower <laughs> as you were saying those because I fall into all those categories. I do tell myself that I'm really, really busy. I do care about other people's opinions, although I say I don't. I think we all do. There's an <laughs> element of us all wanting to be included and feel accepted. That's just something that <laughs> that we're wired for um, because we're wired to want to be with the Lord, and I think we just look for that in other people to have connection. And then perfectionism. I think, yeah, like you said, we are all fighting this battle of being perfect. And that's one that I've been working on for years now and have been getting better at it. But right before we started recording, I just had some anxiety about the recording, which I haven't had in a really long time. And so I sat down and kind of told myself, like, why am I feeling this way? And it came down to the core of I was trying to be perfect. 
I had this pressure of needing to be perfect, say the right words, you know, do all the things that you're supposed to do in the professional world of podcasting, you know, and just be on. And it was a realization of, okay, I don't have to be perfect. I just need to show up as me and do the best that I can. And then Lord will take the rest. And then so will my editor, Nick. So, (laughs) you know, that's the beauty of podcasting. It is. You know, all three of those are just such a reality for me. So thank you for hitting on those because those are going to be on top of my mind as I'm going through all these priorities and having these mindsets as we juggle, you know, all the overwhelm and the things coming at us. So those are so good. And then how do you really care for yourself? Because as moms, and I'm feeling this right now in the season that I'm in, I didn't feel it with my son. You know, one, my goodness, staying at one child would be so easy. (laughs) My husband and I, when we were, when Delaney was almost born, we're like, wow, we could have been just one child. That would have been so easy. And now we're so thankful we have Delaney. She's just a joy in our lives. But it's my my self-care has kind of gone down a little bit after having two. So how do you really care for yourself and manage all of your priorities? So... I think there are a couple things that I do related to our conversation about how I craft out my week. And probably the most important to me is I kind of max pack the first hour of my day. I think you had somebody on already talking a little bit about morning routines. I've tried different things like what matters to me. And I found a morning routine that really just sets my day off best. So I'll just kind of rattle off what I do. First thing when I do when I come downstairs is load up my water for the day. I've got this big jug from the dollar store. It's like a cute summer glass and I use it winter, spring, fall, and summer. Just get all the water loaded in the glass for the day so that I get that in. And then I journal. I both plan my day and journal. And then the extra step that I take there is doing a little bit of thought switching and thought work. So finding those thoughts that don't serve me and and doing a little work so that my mind is very clear going into the day. And these next two, I toyed with a little bit and I do... I do one minute of silence and it may be the only minute of silence in my day, but I can get, I've learned to get very clear, very calm and very present in just one minute. And I literally set the timer on my iPhone while I'm sitting there and just really focus. And then I spend one minute. And again, these are very quick because I'm a busy mom and the kids are getting ready to come downstairs to get ready for school and, and get off to the bus. One minute on visualization. How do I want this day to go? They say that your mind doesn't know the difference between rehearsal or practice and actual. So the more you practice the way you want to spend your day, the more when you get in those cranky moments or those difficult decisions or just the day not going the way you want, you can go back to how did I rehearse how I wanted this to go and pull a little bit from that. And then I do a devotion. I like the D365 app. So I do a devotion then to kind of round out my morning and launch into all the things. So that's probably the most important self-care that I do. And I really do try to do those things. I know it's a long list, but it probably takes me 18 to 20 minutes. It's not a ton of time because as a busy mom, that's all I've got. But those are the things that really center me for the day. I find that my easiest way to center myself 
um, and I think it's a God-given gift, is just getting outside and getting some fresh air and a little bit of nature. If I'm stressed out, you know, even just stepping out onto my porch, you know, in the summertime, sit on the on the settee for a little bit, or just step outside and take in a little bit of cool, fresh air, you know, when the, the season's not quite as nice as summer, those things really help me drop my stress level very quickly. And then the last one is I do put in a, about a two-hour block. Mine happens to be on Saturday morning, kind of mid-morning. of, And it's just on my weekly schedule. It's just called self-care. And I can do whatever I want with that. Right now, we're not in a season where manis and petties are the things. But sometime it probably was, and it may be again. Sometimes that's reading a book. Sometimes that's taking our puppy instead of you know walking the neighborhood like I do routinely, taking him to a park and getting out a little bit. Or I love home goods, <laughs> run into home goods just to see what's the latest thing, you know, on the shelf. So just something that is just a little block of time that's truly for me to find something that brings me joy. I love that. And I'm an advocate for mornings. That is something that I know is so hard for so many women, especially mamas. I hear so often that they wake up when their kids wake up. And I just want to say, oh my goodness, I know you're tired. I am so tired too. But I will tell you the energy that that extra 30 minutes gives you in your day. If you just get up early and it's hard, but just start with five minutes before your kids wake up and then 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then a half hour and work up to it because you are going to eventually get excited for those extra minutes and it's not going to feel like something that you have to do. You're going to wake up excited to do it because you know that's your time to get recentering and time with the Lord and just picture your day and then your kids can come in and you can start doing that role. So I'm definitely an advocate of that. And I love the two-hour time block. With young kids, that gets a little bit of a struggle. But if you have a partner who is really involved and who will take the reins as well and feels comfortable with that, just allowing each other just even maybe an hour on the weekend each to like get away and do something that you love and that actually brings you joy. Because I find even if I do an evening with my girlfriend, say I'm gone for like three hours and my husband takes care of the kids for like three hours, you know, on a Friday night, it's like I've been gone for two days. Just the way it makes me feel with the joy and the calm and the peace. So even just an hour on Saturday morning, like you said, two hours, whatever it works for you, try to find try to find some time during the day to do that. Because I think that's just so important, like you said. Yeah, the thing there is, I think we have to protect ourselves from forgetting that the juggling that we do is a choice that we make based on the gifts we've been given. And so when we get too much overwhelm and we get to feeling like, oh, bath time's a drag and oh, I got to make another meal, I think we start to forget that this motherhood journey is such a gift. And I I don't mean to sound Pollyanna, I've been there too. But coming back to, and you know, I've I've done, you know, when I have my witching hour, you know, when I'm ready to go to bed and the kids are going ready to go to bed, like what are the things that I need to say to myself to remind myself to bring a little bit of joy to the moment and that these children are a gift. And I think the more we can center our motherhood journey around that and our service to these children, as opposed to like the tasks on our list, 
the better we'll feel. And I think that is the way that this motherhood journey is meant to be. It's really meant to be this great gift of the love between us and our children that we've been granted. Yeah, I agree 100%. It just doesn't always feel that way, but yep, doing those mindsets and and getting back really, really is helpful. You're not a bad mom if you feel that way. We all feel that way, I think, multiple times a day, but recentering, getting back and, and recognizing the gift that it's the gift that we've been given. This has been super, super insightful. So thank you so much, Trisha, for being on. I really appreciate it. It's, it's helped me a ton just with mindsets and being able to organize the priorities as well. I want to know where can you be found on social media? Because I'm sure that there's women that want to connect with you now. So where can you be found on social media? And then how can someone reach out to you to connect and learn more about Mom Mastermind and anything else that you offer? I know that you do a business side of things and also individual, more focus on business now. But I think there are women that would love to bring what you offer in their workplace as well as individuals. So if you could share that. Yeah. So the easiest place to follow us, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as Mom Mastermind. And so multiple posts each week focusing on value, on things we're doing, on you know, sometimes a little bit of lighter content, but those would be the platforms where we spend most of our effort. There's a lot of information about what we do at mommastermind.com. And for individuals who are interested in exploring a little bit more about what it's like to work with me or with one of our other coaches, we have a link on the individual page of the website to join us for Coffee Talk. It's every Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. It's just an opportunity to come on, bring whatever on your mind, and we kind of work through that. Sometimes it's one-on-one. Sometimes there are several people on the phone and just an opportunity to explore a little bit more about you know what's on your mind and chat about that. Hmm. So fun. I'm gonna have to jump on. <laughs> you have to try it out. There's a lot on this mama's mind. So <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned joy a lot in this episode. And so I want to know what brought you joy today. Well it's still early today. So um I think this morning I had time with both my daughters. You know, their buses come early. Their buses come around 7 a.m. I had just a little bit of time to sit with each one of them and talk about their upcoming day. It's a Monday. You know, how are you feeling? What is exciting about school today? And just those quiet little moments with each of them. I treasure those. You know, my kids are preteens and they still are in that phase where they like to be around mom and dad and they they like to talk to me about what's on their mind and their heart. And so they were brief interactions, but just really sweet interactions this morning uh, before they went off to start their day. I can imagine that would just be such a fill up the cup moment. Yeah, I have that with my kiddos too. And I know that that time's going to be so fleeting this morning. I was looking at my little dude and I was like, oh my gosh, one day you're not even going to want to talk to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't even wrap my mind around that. I keep telling myself, maybe we'll be the unicorn family where they, they always yes. do. So yeah. Yeah, that does exist. So we'll pray yes. that for both of us for yes. sure. 
Well, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. It's just so great to see you again and and hear of your knowledge and how you're helping working mamas. The reality of the stress is um, it's real. It is. We have a lot to deal with. It is. But there are tools and things that we can do. You know, obviously, number one, go to the Heavenly Father and pray for strength and peace and all that you can. But then there are also tangible tools that we can do and use along with that as he's helping us. So thank you so much, Trisha. Really appreciate you being on. Delighted to be here with you and your audience. And I just wish everyone the ability to find that joy between career or motherhood or volunteer commitments, whatever's in your life and on your heart, find that joy every single day. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Don't you love the tangible tools and mindsets Trisha provided? I'm ready to go all color real style on my calendar and start slotting in my laundry, grocery shopping, and other responsibilities to focus on my priorities, yet give room to what needs to keep the lights on and things moving in my home. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you feel like you're armed with knowledge by what you heard, share the love with other mamas you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more overwhelmed mamas could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.